Good morning, listeners, and welcome to this week's Ag Report. I'm Jim Finn. My guests this week are Paul Smith from the Irish Creamy Milk Suppliers Association about a webinar that they have on on next Wednesday. John O'Connor joins me, and John is from Kildalton, and he's talking about a succulent that they have on on next Friday. Alice Doyle joins me, and Alice is talking about Green Ribbon Month. And finally, this morning, some interviews from the celebrations that were held in the Dome last Saturday night, celebrating 125 years of Centenary Cooperative. But first up this morning, I have Elaine Levy from Chagas. Elaine is going to fill us in with regard to uh, organic farming at the moment and uh, all things organic anyway. Good morning, Elaine, and thanks for joining us. You're very welcome, Jim, and good morning to you as well. Okay, what is the situation with uh, organics at the moment, uh, Elaine? Well, uh, since talking, I think I was talking to you last year, since last year, we had, at this time of the year, we had 2,000 farmers farming organically, and the new uh, organic farming scheme was opened last autumn, and 2,000 more people joined the organic farming scheme. So there's twice as many people farming organically in Ireland now than there was this time last year. I suppose that is thanks to the Department of Agriculture has increased the funding for farmers to consider converting to organics. And just maybe to give a little bit of a background to that, if a farmer in the morning decides to join uh, the organic farming scheme, which actually will be opening again for new applications, the indication it will be sometime in late October again for new people to come on board, when you apply to join the organic farming scheme, it's actually a five-year scheme that you're signing up to. And if the rates of payment is an, it's a hectare hectare payment rate, meaning mm-hmm. area-based payment. So let's say, for example, a very farmer uh, goes into the organic farming scheme. You're initially going in for a five-year contract. Uh, but when a farmer goes into the scheme, the first two years, your farm is in conversion. And in the first two years of the organic farming scheme, a farmer from one to 70 hectares of land will receive 300 euros per hectare in year one and two. So as the first two years, your farm is fully converted organically. And in the year three, four and five of the scheme, you will get 250 euros per hectare. On top of that, for the first time ever, you also get what's called a participation payment. And on top of your um, OFS payment, you get 2,000 euros in the first year. And then you get 1,400 euros per year thereafter. I suppose maybe it's to say that 300 euros and the 250, that's up to 70 hectares, as I mentioned. But each hectare above that, let's say you get 60 hectares in the first two years and 30 euros in the three, four and five. So there's no limit to the payment, but high rate of payment is up to the first 70 hectares. So it's a five year scheme. Um, you're in conversion in the first two years. I suppose for people that are listening that have been in environmental schemes and in department schemes, there is another, I suppose, um, process that you have to do. Every organic farmer that is farming organically and in the department's organic farming scheme has to be registered with an organic certification body. 
and an organic certification body, what they do for the farmer is uh, they license and they they give annual inspections every year. So the first step when the, uh, a farmer needs to consider uh, in the process of joining the organic farming scheme is you first of all have to contact us, uh, one of the uh, certification bodies, which are the Irish Organic Association or the Organic Trust. And you make an application to them. Then when the scheme is open, then you apply online for the organic farming scheme. And next year, then you also, when your farmers would be filling up in springtime their BIS application, they will declare on their BIS application that they're farming organically. And finally, one more, all farmers that are uh, in the organic, that joined the organic farming scheme have to do a 25-hour organic farming uh, course, which we in Chagas do. Um, and that has to be done also as part of the application process. So well, that's a very quick whistle-stop tour. Well, that's a very good whistle-stop tour, Elaine. Uh, can I ask you something? And you mm-hmm. may you may have the figures, or you may not. You said that oh, the, gosh, no, yes. the numbers have doubled yes. uh, in the past year because of yes. the, the incentives that are out there. And I suppose there's a greater awareness now of uh, organics anyway. What was the farm enterprise that was that converted the most? Yeah, well, no, I don't have the full statistic, yeah. the actual statistics, but it would be predominantly uh, livestock, uh, mm-hmm. uh, livestock enterprises. Enterprise would be the main organic enterprise within the four thousand. They mostly would have livestock. Uh, there would be less figures would show uh, less than hundred organic dairy farmers. Um, I uh, as regards the tillage area, it just I just you, it can't come to me right now. But no. you're talking about livestock farmers would be the the main uh, the main core group within that four thousand. And Elaine, would you encourage livestock farmers to convert? Absolutely. Look, it's definitely as a like we when we're talking about organics. The, mm-hmm. The, the sentence I always say, definitely consider organic farming as an option. Yes, it certainly is a real option. And we would have a lot of people that would do the 25-hour courses. And we do have a, we have a lot of walks going on. We've done over 10 walks nationwide this year so far. And a lot of farmers are looking at it. They would make comments like, well, we're not using very much fertilizer uh, as it is. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be a big change as regards fertilizer usage. Farm people would also, and you mentioned there, environmental benefits associated. People are more, con- you know, conscious of environmental. So certainly, um, there is, and with more people going in, we'd be hoping that maybe challenges that were there previously won't be a- as big a-, a challenge to them. Like, for example, people selling stocks. There's a number mm-hmm. of organic marts coming up, even since 2,000 people entered last year, for people to sell and to buy animals and that. So there are, according as hopefully the sector gets bigger, things will become in line with with the whole uh, system. Okay, and for those livestock farmers, then of course there's uh, there's a couple of uh, processors processing organic. Yeah, the two processors mm. uh, at the moment would be uh, Good Herdsman based in Care and Tipperary that would be owned by ABP. Yeah. And then there would be, uh, in Wexford, there is Slim in Wexford would be the two yeah. main processors. I suppose 
figure-wise, figure that has been shown is that there's about 13,500 animals slaughtered, was most recent figures that I saw in relation to the amount of animals being killed. Okay, well, look, for this morning, we'll leave it there. I want to yes. thank you ever so much for joining us and uh, giving us all that information. And I suppose any farmer listening to us this morning that would like, maybe or is thinking of going mm-hmm. over to organics and transferring into organics, uh, they can contact their local Chagas office. Yes, we have a team of advisors in all as you know, the Chagas advisory is divided up into regions mm-hmm. and in each region now we have a full-time organic advisor. So certainly uh, ring your local office and you'll certainly be put in contact with one of those and happy to help. Okay. That listeners was Elaine Levy, who is with Chagas and is an organic Listeners, my next guest this morning is Paul Smith from the ICMSA and they have an event coming up that would be of great interest to a lot of farmers, irrespective of what type of farming that they do. Good morning, Paul, and thanks for joining us. Now, will you explain what's coming up? Uh, Thanks, Jim, for having me on. Uh, Yes, indeed, we're we're holding... uh a webinar next Wednesday morning uh, in conjunction with the uh, Department of Social Protection. And it's basically covering uh, covering the areas that are uh, of interest to, to farmers. And like you said in the introduction, uh, any farmer would, would be interested in this. So we're looking at, I suppose, the most common things that uh, are are in common for, uh, for farmers. So the likes of PRSI, um, pensions, the Fair Deal Scheme, and uh, farm assist. There, there's going to be four presentations on on the morning, uh, and there's questions and answers uh, going to be going to be set and given on on the day. And uh, who's making the four presentations, Paul? So we have we have four um, people from the Department of Social Protection and one from uh, the HSE. So. It'll basically cover the the four different areas, and there'll be an introduction and a and a conclusion as well. So there's they're they're all experts in their in their mm-hmm. field. So we we've made sure that we're going to have people that are going to be able to answer answer questions on the day, and that I think that's important. That if you have a question, uh, if it's really uh, uh, if it's really important to you, you can get the question to us beforehand, and we'll make sure that it gets answered on the day. And if there are questions that aren't answered on the day that they can be followed up and you can get your answer afterwards. Yeah, and I presume that you did a bit of research and you found out that these were four areas that farmers needed help. Absolutely. No, we have a farm business committee Mm -hmm. within the ICMSA and it's something that has been uh, to the forefront in in the last year in terms of even PRSI, the understanding of, of PRSI for you, your spouse or your partner in terms of what are you actually entitled to in terms of contributory or non-contributory pension? And all these things are, are important, and it's, it's important to plan early for these things, so that if you are in your, your 40s or your 50s, and you're, you say you don't have a pension, or you're mm-hmm. thinking about getting a pension, or you, don't, you haven't been contributing stamps for, uh, for your contributory pension, it's important to, to actually tease out these on and. This will be explained on the day as to what you need to do in order to get your full contributory pension. And if there are particular scenarios that are individual to you, that you can ask those questions on the day. Yeah, and another the other topic that you have is fair deal scheme. 
it's something that I come across quite a bit. So again, a, a, an awful lot of people don't know how that works. Absolutely, no. It's 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 quite. It's it's probably the one scheme that that there is quite a lot of confusion about. So it's important that we have somebody there from the agency that's an expert on this, and there are a lot of terms and conditions that go with the the fair deal scheme, and uh, every circumstance is different on a farm, and it's important that if you're thinking about it, and not even it might just happen to you that you, you need the fair deal scheme and you don't even, you haven't thought about it. So this, this webinar is something that will give you a foundation that if, a, if you need to take it in the future, that you have that, that, that idea of what, what's involved in it. And you mentioned pensions, and I know you're, you're talking about PRSI and what you were entitled to, but uh, have you somebody then talking about private pensions? It's actually it's going to be the the public pension, pension. Uh, side okay. of this. Okay? okay, so it's going to be uh, what what's involved in in the in the public pension. Right, and of course you mentioned uh, the age group of some people. Uh, you know, it is only when you get into your sixties and seventies uh, that you realise that you haven't had enough of a pension, or you didn't have enough of, enough of points or whatever it is uh, to get a full state pension. So it, it is important. Yeah. It, it's hugely important. Those contributions are, are are one of the most important things. And and you know, even if you're even if you're in your sixties, mm-hmm. uh, this sixties or seventies, like this is an important webinar to to attend in terms of getting to know if there's anything uh, anything you could do in terms of of getting your your extra getting the contributory pension, um, and even in your forties and fifties to make sure that you do everything you can so that you can maximize maximize your contributions so that you get your full contributory pension okay at what time does it start and how does somebody get the link to it so it starts at 11 o'clock on wednesday morning okay mm-hmm. so we probably advise everybody to be in for about 5 to 10 to 11 just to make sure everybody uh, can get settled uh, now it's, it's online obviously so yeah. the way to to get the link or you have to uh, register with uh, our head office in Limerick. So you can give our head office a phone call. It's it's 061-314-677 or you can email uh, head office as well and that's info at icmsa.ie and uh, we'll send you out the we'll send you out the link with the with the button that you have to press basically and that's it's it's pretty straightforward. You just have to click on click on uh, a link and it'll take you straight through okay well look at paul thanks very much for joining us i hope you have a big attendance on wednesday morning that listeners was paul smith from the irish cream milk suppliers association listeners my next guest this morning is john o'connor and john is down there in the college in kildalton good morning john and thanks for joining us good morning jim how are you been i believe you have an event coming up john yeah, next Friday, 2.30, Angel Dotton, um, we're having the Notton Beef event. It's mostly based on the college, college um, update, what's up, what we're doing on the college. I uh, suppose the one thing they heard, the sucker heard, we increased their genetics from 71 years to 130 years in 10 years. So the three stands, first thing, the three stands when you come in first, um, one would be on the herd itself, the sucker system and the breeding progress we've done in the college. Yeah. The second stand then would be uh, by our own Jamie Carroll, based in the college here from 
South Cape. He's going to do a talk on the grass and nutrient management and their farm and future plans. So basically, they talk about grass, soil, fertility, fertility and grass yeah. covers and all that. And the third stand then we have our Joe Dare will be talking here on the financial returns and they heard here in the college. We also on that stand then we'll have Joe Buck from Borbia, part of Crossing, on the outlook for beef in the next at the moment the prices are not great, so the worst outlook for the from now at the end of the year. And uh, Terry Carroll will be in that stand. So the between stands, probably each stand will take about ten to fifteen minutes per stand. And when we're finished that three stands, then we're going back into the yard. It's kind of a village, a beef village in the yard. Yeah. All about uh, in the yard. So basically, what, what we'll receive when they come into the yard. Uh, one slide, we're going to have a live demonstration of selecting animals for slaughter. Mm-hmm. With the new schemes coming in, it's very important that you're, you're slaughtering animals with a two plus or better. Yeah. Fat cover because you're not if you don't you won't be getting your, all your quality assurance bonuses. So we have a factory man will be doing that demonstration in the yard. Also we have uh, board B and Tagish will be talking about the new schemes, the steps requirements that will be standing on that. There's a new safety requirement coming in on quads uh, starting uh, has to be in by November or starting September. So there'll be someone talking about the quad stand. Uh, our own Dickton Burn here in the cottage here will be dem- doing a demonstration on fencing and water clocks and all that. Uh, Professor Quiddy is going to give a rundown on fertilizer spreading and all that different thing as well. And also, we will also have an AHI stand, all of our animal health stand on organic farming on Thursday. Tams, Tom Fallon there will be talking about Tams. And basically, there's a lot of other different things there as well on the day. Also, there will be um, refreshments there at 4.30 in the farm. Right, okay. So it's a fairly full programme that you have, John. Yeah, the herd was in the last 20 years have made fantastic progress from you know, from our breeding of our slaughter rates and average daily gain. So we're going to show how we've done that. I suppose a lot of us have to breed and grassland management and we do we do we start a bulls at sixty months old. Uh, so we yeah. we're just showing you really what the herd is doing. And then in the in the village itself then people can walk around and they want to find out what's up and what's in their own schemes or something they can go and talk to them in their own time. Okay, I suppose the one thing you didn't mention are, are environmental issues. Will there be any talks on Oh, oh, oh yes, there would whatever doubt. There's plenty of yeah, environment and, and sustainable farming, all that there will be someone there from the Tagish and other, other areas there, organic farming as well. Definitely there's a standard organic farming as well. Everything really, and, and that's, that's happening at the moment, there will be a stand in the yard on that. Anyway, before I let you go then, we'll just, just remind the listeners of when it's on, at what time it starts, and I, we want to say where we know it's going to be on in Kildalton, but just give us the details again, John, please. It's on Friday the 8th of September, 2.30 in the garden. So basically when you drive into Main Avenue, there'll be people there to put you into the car park. And we'll be starting very close to the car park. And then we'll make our way down towards the yard after that. It should, it should be finished around half four or five o'clock. Okay, well, look at John. Thanks for that. That listener was John O'Connor from Kildalton College talking about the event that's taking place next Friday at 2.30 in the college, and it's particularly geared to the suckler farmer.
Listeners, my next guest this morning is Alice Doyle. And as you all know, Alice is the chairperson of the IFA's Farm, Family and Social Affairs Committee at national level. And they have a very important event taking place throughout the month of September. And as this is only the 2nd of September, uh, I felt it was a good opportunity to have a chat with Alice and try to bring to the fore uh, what they are doing for the month of September. And you probably have guessed it at this stage. It is the Green Ribbon event across the country. Good morning, Alice, and thanks for joining us. Good morning, Jim. Great to be with you and your listeners again. Um, good to be into September. Okay, September, and as I said, a very important event. Yes, this month is one of the months where, in the year, the most important month of the year when we mark uh, mental health and well-being uh, throughout the country. We have linked up for the last 11 years with uh, three other groups, actually, uh, the Green Ribbon Group, uh, Creelcha and Mental Health Ireland. And between the four of us, we run what's called the Green Ribbon Event. The whole idea behind it is to give people the opportunity to go out and walk and talk uh, for two purposes. The walk is the physical exercise, which is great for people. And we all know that we need a certain amount of that for our health and well-being. And the second part is in the walking that we also do a bit of talking. And we all know, so it's been well proven that by talking, it's a release of any tensions that we may have. We get the opportunity to share our thoughts and we share many good thoughts and, and, and you know, good conversations with people as we're walking along. But sometimes we might have a little bother, something's bothering us and we discover maybe the person we're walking along beside has something similar and we say, oh my God, you know, I didn't realise everybody else has the same uh, issues or something is bothering the same as me. And the old adage, you know, a, a problem shared is a problem halved is very true in this situation. So we give people the double opportunity. You go out, you walk and you talk. And farming in particular, we're really inviting everybody to come to this, but for farmers in particular, because farming is a, an occupation where we work on our own a lot. We work and we live on our farm and we don't get the opportunity to, to be out and to socialise as much during the day as somebody who goes to the office to work and meets their colleagues there. And because farming has become so mechanised as well, I think we can say that many farmers now don't actually need to go to the neighbour to borrow anything. Most people are self-sufficient. But in that, the downside of that is that people don't actually get the chance to talk to somebody else. So we're asking farmers in particular to come out to this event, but we're also asking all rural dwellers and urban dwellers in the different counties uh, to come out. And this year we have 16 different walks around the country. And uh, we're hoping that in these 16 counties and the surrounding counties, that people will join them, uh, join us for these walks. And in the process that they will take a little break from their farm Something that I've really been pressing hard with with farmers all for the last year is please take a little time away from the farm. Uh, in, in the olden days, as our children would like to say, uh, we all, our parents probably took a half day on a Sunday, maybe a whole day on a Sunday away from the work of the farm. And that is so important. And it doesn't matter what day it is, because by walking away from what you're doing, you come back with greater clarity. So if you have an issue on the farm or you have, you know, you're, you, mm -hmm. you have a problem there, you get a chance to to look at it from a fresh perspective when you when you take a little break away. So I would be encouraging farmers who are working really hard and, you know, and the, we're in tough times mm -hmm. to take a little bit of break away uh, with the family, with the friends, with the neighbours and have a little chat, a little walk and a little talk. Alice, I'm quite sure there are a lot of farmers uh 
a little bit worried at this particular stage. It's been a very difficult year. Uh, the weather is definitely not in favour of the farmer at the moment and there are farmers throughout the country and particularly farmers with tillage uh, who must be scratching their head every single day to know when they cut that spring barley. Oh, absolutely, Jim. Uh, you know, as I go around the country, I see people really in difficulty. Look, every single commodity uh, is having a difficult year this year. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning of the year, uh, it has been difficult and it doesn't seem to be improving any. Certainly the tillage farmers, uh, because it's the, this is their peak season of trying to harvest, they're in serious difficulty. I spoke to a man yesterday who was on a combine and he said, look, at, I'm actually scraping the ground. And I thought he meant just financially. He said, no, literally, finan- financially, but also literally, he said, I am just trying to get the corn off the ground. It had been lodged. Um, it's very difficult. People who have had, you know, um, mm-hmm. corn for, for malting, that's not coming through because too damp um, and then we have difficulties with the sheep trade we have difficulties with the beef trade with the milk prices coming down it seems like a tsunami all hitting at the one time and probably seems worse because it's coming on the back of what last year was a very good year so it has gone from an extreme high to a great low and I that's why farmers more than ever need that that break away from the, the it's almost like a drudgery now uh, during the mm-hmm. day to get these tasks finished uh, look, we uh, farmers are very resilient. They have always come back. We have seen these bad years before, and any of us that are old enough will remember them. And they're not that far back, you know, when when we had mm-hmm. prices were low before and bad years, bad weather years, and it's something we deal with, and we have to be resilient. But when you have a tsunami of everything coming at you, you do need a little bit of support in that. Um, more than you need the financial support, of course, you need the backup of you know of, of your organisation. You need backup of friends, but you also need that little bit of camaraderie and that little bit of a friendly word in your ear. Uh, and as I said, to get away, to get a bit of clarity as well. So knowing that it is a tough, tough year. We never needed these walks and talks more because at them you're going to meet people from Mental Health Ireland who are there with the skill of, you know, if you do mm-hmm. have an issue that's pressing hard, you have the beautiful surroundings of Creature, and we know from scientifically that uh, many of our walks are, are in Creature, and we know scientifically that Creature uh, has those lovely woods where you get that uh, great, you know, the the, lift, the, the lifting feeling, mm-hmm. the endorphins uh, are, are raised, um, and it's important that we have that. And of course, Green Ribbon have always been talking about, you know, uh, the, the, kind of highlighting that suicide can be there, uh, and we have to try and, you know, talk to people who may be having suicidal thoughts, and try to to get them to understand that life is worth living and help is there if they want it. And okay. Now, okay. No, sorry. Uh, where are they happening and when? Okay, uh, the ones in, 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 in the region, uh, mm-hmm. we have down on the 3rd, next Sunday, tomorrow, the 3rd of September, we have down in Gearns Path, down in Liscanner in County Clare at 12.30, lovely area down there. And that's the first year we've had one, not first one year in Clare, but the first year it's been in Liscanner. And then on the same day, on the 3rd, there's a, another one down in Curragh Chase, again, a lovely park area down there. And that one is at 3 p.m. Uh, then we have one in Donnerail, not that far away as well. And that's at 2.30 in Donnerail uh, Forest Park as well. So those three are in that area. And then I'd just like to say that in uh, Clock Jordan, the Tipperary 
uh, North had a lovely one in Clock Jordan back in July. They were a little bit ahead of the posse. Um, it was a, a spilling wet day, mm-hmm. and yet everybody braved it out, and we had a lovely walk through the Eco Park down there. Mm-hmm. And people, we, uh, we were in the Eco Village, and we had a lovely guided tour by a resident from it. Uh, and it was very informative, and the rain didn't stop us. So it, actually, if anything, it probably added to we came back refreshed by the by the water. Mind you, we've had too much water since, but that was in July, and uh, a lovely a lovely time in Tipperary. But the other ones, I said, the Scanner on the third at twelve thirty, Donnerail on the seventeenth at two thirty, Curragh Chase nice. on the third at three p.m. So we're really looking forward to those, and I think it'd be great to be out there walking and talking. Alice, there's a rumour going around that you're putting your name in the ring for a very big job in the IFA elections coming up later on this year. That room, is there any truth to it at the moment? Indeed, there is, Jim. There's never, what's the head? There's never smoke without a fire. Right. Uh, and yes, I have put my name in the ring. Um, I have put it in this week. Um, I, I've been strongly encouraged around the country to do it. And I have, uh, yes, I have put it in. I will be the first woman uh, to uh, look for this, for one of the top two positions. I've, I'm putting it in for deputy president. Um, no woman has ever tried to do this in the 68-year history of the IFA. And I think it's, it is good for everybody in the organisation that uh, a woman, if a woman could get to the, one of those positions and uh, add more balance and bring a skill set that maybe otherwise wouldn't be there. So, Jim, yes, I can tell you it is true. And when do the nominations close? The nominations close on the 12th of September and then the voting is from the 1st of November to the 8th of December. And this year, voting is different than it ever has been before. Uh, in the past, you had to go into your branch to vote. Now you will get a, a postal ballot paper will arrive to you on the 1st of November. You have two choices. You can fill it in and send it back in a stamped address envelope that you will receive uh, by the 8th of December. Or you can go to your branch AGM, which will be held in the month of November, and you can bring it to that. So you have two choices. Uh, that's the way it is. So and I'd be hoping to be... Uh, hopefully to do well on that ballot paper. I hope, I think it's time that a, a woman did go forward and I'm not just running on a woman's ticket. Uh, I, I'm just saying that for women it would be to have a woman go forward because they haven't had one before. But I think I would be well able to represent men as well as women. It's farming I'm representing, not a sexist. While you have represented the organisation extremely well to date and I wish you the best of luck and I'm quite sure I'll be talking to you on the campaign. Alice. Very much, Jim. Thank you ever so much for joining us here on Tip FM on this Saturday morning. That listeners was Alice Doyle, who currently is the chairperson of the IFA's National Farm Family and Social Affairs Committee. Finally, this morning, I just have a small report from the 125th year celebrations of Centenary Cooperative. That was held last Saturday night in the Dome in Thurles. It was a wonderful evening and night. Uh, We had lovely food, we had great company and we had plenty of music. And of course, there was plenty of very important guests. So the first person that you're going to hear in this particular interview is none other than the chairperson of Tier Lorne, the new entity for Glanbia. And following on from that, you will hear Noreen K. 
Callahan Barry, who is a member of the board of Centenary Cooperative, or should I say Centenary Thurless Cooperative now. John, you're very welcome to Thurless and to Semple Stadium. Yes, uh, Jim, no, I'm delighted to be down here this evening uh, celebrating with my uh, colleagues here in uh, Centenary 125 years. That's a long, rich history. And I suppose, look, at we've been closely involved in that history. Uh, Centenary are an in- inter- integral part and a very close business partner of uh, Avonmore and, and Tierlone uh, for the last uh, 60 years, since the very start of the whole Avonmore amalgamation. So I'm delighted to be here this evening to celebrate with my colleagues and friends in Centenary. And I sincerely hope you enjoyed the celebrations. Looking forward to a great evening here. It's, it's kind of to me, it sounds like a, a mini electric picnic here. So really, I think it's going to be a fantastic evening. <laughs> okay, we're not in Cardo now. No, no. Alicia, Alicia. Yeah, we're just reading okay. what's the music and the variety here and the food. And, uh, but all has been very closely aligned. We have centenary representatives on our council and on our board. And, uh, you know, excellent relationship over the years. You do, yeah. You have my son on your council at the moment. We so. certainly do. Yeah, we have James. Uh, yeah, we have uh, James, and, yeah. <laughs> and he's making the cow, so he won't be in for a while. Okay. Uh, but uh, okay, you had big news during the last couple of weeks. Siobhan is leaving you. Yeah, we had uh, big news. Uh, Siobhan is uh, with uh, Co-op 32, 31 years. She's with uh, Lambia and Waterford Co-op for thirty-two years. So of, of that, 32, 31 was with the Co-op uh, and mostly in a very senior role as Chief Financial Officer and CEO. So, so in fairness, Siobhan has left, leaves a huge legacy behind. In fairness, she's very passionate about the co-op and has been fundamental in the success of the co-op over the years. You know, we, we have distributed over 700 million to our farm families in, in, the, in the Lambia region in, in the last 10 years. You know, and Siobhan, I think our legacy will be a huge wealth thanks to the co-op and the PLC, but a huge wealth, wealth distribution in rural Ireland and into rural farm families. So I think she leaves her a really proud legacy. And, and you know, always instilled uh, a decency, a culture, a strong governance. And, uh, you know, our model has worked really well. And, uh, you know, so I think we owe Siobhan a big thanks for the contributions she's made to, to our co-op and to rural Ireland. Right. Now, I haven't had the privilege of meeting uh, the incoming CEO, but I'm quite sure he'll have to follow in very, very famous footsteps and footsteps that have done an awful lot, as you quite rightly said, to build up uh, Tier Lawn and uh, the co-op side of it as well. Yeah, so just as Siobhan came in 10 years ago, she had big shoes to fill from Mr John Maloney. And uh, absolutely, he was big shoes to fill as well. But like, he was 20 years now with the business. You know, he's been in charge of Lambie Performance Nutrition in recent years and he's really, he's built that, uh, our Optum Nutrition brand, it's, it's a billion euro brand at this stage. So uh, Hugh is very adept at uh, managing a large scale international business. He's an entrepreneurial growth mm. mindset and you know, looking forward to Hugh and his senior leadership team, is an excellent team around him. So just looking forward to the next phase of the journey and you know, the train keeps going, it'll be different, <laughs> different pilots but the journey will continue and hopefully on an upward trend. And okay, how many more years have you uh, serve as chair? As chair? Well, I'm appointed uh, for a two-year term, so my appointment is up again. So, you know, yourself in farm politics, you could uh, be getting the kick in the You know, well, you know I, where I, I could I, be getting the tap on the head. Let, let's see where it all goes, yeah. And have you enjoyed the term so far? 
Yeah, it's been a fantastic uh, period to, to be chair of, of Tier Law, and like mm-hmm. a lot has happened over the last uh, uh, two or three years. You know, we, we took back full ownership of the business. Nice, yeah. So now the farmers own 100% of our really well invested co-op. Uh, and again, you know, during those joint venture years at the PLC, we invested heavily in our dairy processing assets. So we've, we've taken over 100% ownership of fantastic assets, uh, markets, uh, people, a quality supply of milk. Well, on top of that, we also have a 28% stake in the PLC, which today is worth well over a billion euros. So the co-op finds itself in a really good place. Uh, we have a new headquarters, we have a new five-year strategy, ambition. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good times in the business. Like, I accept this is a tough year. It's a yeah. tough year for everybody. Like, tier loan, we're price takers just like farmers. So it, it, it is difficult after the highs of last year, and the year before was a decent year as well. But look, we, we get this in dairy every five or six years, and you know, it's, it's a year to batten down the hatches. But like, good times will come again, and hopefully we're near the bottom now, and, and we can see light at the tunnel, and hopefully next year will be a much better year. Now, John, I let you back into the celebrations inside because uh, you came. You didn't come to talk to Chip FM, but look, at, I couldn't miss the opportunity. Glad to talk to you any time, Jim. Yeah, so looking forward to a nice evening. Noreen, great to see you here. Good to see you, Jim. You're very welcome to St. Henry Turles. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, yes. It, it's great to be here. This is the big event. Yes, and 100. From, from your particular perspective as a board member, how do you think it's going? Very well. 125 years. Uh, an occasion like this uh, needs to be marked. And uh, I think uh, everything has gone very well to, here tonight. Uh, there was a lot of planning. Uh, went into it um, but I think everybody is very very happy and it's lovely to see people enjoying themselves it's giving them a chance uh, to meet which often uh, is, which has yeah, been difficult for it, the past it number is, of years yes, because of Covid oh, and everything yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know it's an opportunity for people to get out shareholders get out and suppliers to get out and uh, and you're very good, you bought old lads like me back here. Of well, course, why not? Why wouldn't we? Good-looking men like you are scared. I, 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 I don't know, but it is a great night. Oh, uh, it is you know, great. and it started very early in the afternoon, to be honest right. with you. Four, and, four o'clock uh, this evening, it yeah, started, 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 and it's going yeah. on, I think, until about 12 tonight. Oh, and okay. uh, I think, you know, people, food was brilliant. and uh, it was gorgeous. Yes. Absolutely, yeah, it, yeah, was. it was. It was, it was a credit to, yeah. the, to the people that... Yeah. Uh, Provided the food, okay. sort of. Yeah. So that's and uh, I see there, uh, I, even though now it's nearer to 10 o'clock than anything else, we're going into the last two hours of it, and I see people still trying to get food. So. That's right, yes, food is still so, going, so it's, it's still good, being yeah. served, and that's good. Okay. And uh, people are, are still are, you know, staying, they're not leaving, and that's a good sign. That's <laughs> yeah. <it>. Okay, well, <laughs> they're going to have to be hunting people out of uh, the dome sometime, to, sometime between now and. Uh, sometime tomorrow morning. I suppose the venue is, is ideal for Absolutely. a situation like the, Absolutely. you know, for an event yeah. like this sort of, yeah. so it's, it's important. We're kind yeah. of lucky now with the night that we're not getting showers because uh, I think half the crowd is outside. That's right, that's, that's right. right, yes, yeah. Okay, let's come to yourself. You're still on the board of the so, Genetics? No, I'm, I'm finished with them. Are I'm you? finished, I have my eight years done. Did you enjoy that? Yes, certainly I did, and uh, I suppose um, I'm on the board of St. Henry Turles and mm-hmm. I got the opportunity of being a vice chair for eight years and that was very interesting to have that position 
Um, Did you get any uh, chance of cheering with Jim Russell? It'd be difficult. <laughs> he turns up uh, and everything. Jim, Jim is a wonderful. Jim was a wonderful guy. We now have Paddy Daly uh, taken over, right. and he's excellent as well. well. I suppose the co-op going forward. I would like to see more gender balance. Right, yeah. Yeah, there's only two females, and uh, I would certainly like to see more gender balance. I suppose I can see why younger females aren't getting involved. I suppose in a lot of cases they're working, young families. It's, I suppose, male-dominated, and I suppose maybe they're a little bit reluctant about Mm. taking up positions. But uh, I certainly would advise any female to go for it. Yeah, that's interesting that you only have two because when I was on the board in Thurlis, we had one. Now, Lovely. that's a long time ago. Yes. You know, yeah. that's before the turn of the century. Yes. And we had one, we had Fina Calden, and she was very good. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm surprised. But again, you know, uh, female members are beginning to come into the IFA and the ICMSA. That's right. Very much, yeah. so, very much so. I suppose we look at the broader picture. Uh, well, you bring something different to yes, the table to as the well. the table, I think so. Yes. Yeah. I, I will, maybe I'm... Um, I no, no, you're, you're, you're I, quite that's correct. That's my, my you're, you're interpretation of it. Yeah. That we, you know. Hopefully we do anyway, sort of. And uh, we're, very, we're a very big board. We're 44, which I is know, yeah. very unusual. But we get on very well. But that's where a good chairman comes in to play. Yeah, but and two out of 44, like, yeah. the ratio, as you're quite right. Yeah, quite I would like certainly more gender balance. Yeah. And uh, I think um, ICOS and those are, are promoting to have more females. Uh, come onto boards, and I think yeah. that's a good thing. Well, it's good if you look at the IFA now. I don't know whether you're a, a milk supplier or an IFA person, but I see that Alice Doyle has put her name forward to be vice chair of the IFA. Oh, good! I'm yeah, delighted to hear which, that. Yeah. You know, that's good. That will be really a, a big step forward yeah. for female representation for the farming community. Oh, that's true. That's true. Noreen, it's a pleasure having a chat with you. And likewise, uh, I yes, to, I, I haven't. I want to thank you very much. You're more than welcome, Jim, okay. and it's good to talk to you. That listeners was. Noreen Callahan Barry. I'll have a couple of more interviews from that wonderful night when Centenary Thurlis celebrated 125 years. That is Agriport for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join me at the same time next week. Coming up next is the news at 10 o'clock, and after that, Eamon Dwyer presents Down Your Way.